Carolyn Sinclair spent the first 35 years of her career as a professional and classical opera singer. From that time forward, she became an access consciousness facilitator and their lead of customer service, which she continues to do through to this day. Recently widowed, Carolyn speaks about her relationship with her husband, how she came to see and receive that he was far greater than she thought, and how she has and continues to navigate life after his passing. Join me and Carolyn in this heartfelt, eye-opening conversation on relationships, guilty of heresy, the gift of men. Carolyn, we are going to talk today about men in just in general. And um, what sparked this actually was a story that you said to me about something that Gary Douglas said to you once. And before we get to that, though, I would like to start with um, a man that was a big part of your life, which is your husband, Michael, mm -hmm. and who passed away how long ago? Two years ago. And you were married for how long before that? Uh, I think it was like 26 years, something like that. But we, ha we had been friends for 43. Wow. We met at McGill and we were friends and we performed together. We were both classical musicians. Um, and then we always knew where each other was. I, I moved to England to study and he moved down to the U.S. And, and, uh, and then we, you know, we would meet up occasionally. And then when we re-met and were living near to each other in our mid-30s, then we decided that we were, well, I decided he was much more attractive. Apparently, he had always found me attractive. But anyway. <laughs> That was a good thing to know. <laughs> uh, that's awesome. So tell me a little bit about him. Just you said classical mu musician as you were as well, but what are some other things that stand out to you of having that many years of someone in your world? Well, he was very... He was very charming, you know, uh, and it was genuine. Maybe sometimes a bit manipulative for good reasons, but it, it, he was, he had this charm about him and enthusiasm and easily carried people along with his ideas about concerts and music and, um, and we had a lot of fun together. Like we liked antiquing and we liked food and we liked wine and we liked even jazz music not just classical but so we had a lot of fun together and <laughs> we used to laugh that uh you know he, uh, he was the fun one and I was the serious one and so you know I'd say that thank you you know you brought fun into my life and and you know now your bank account balances you know like that's sort of <laughs> It was it was a good match. <laughs> yeah. I mean, of course, there were lots of ups and downs and things that we both, well, I found frustrating. He was pretty, he was pretty hard to uh, beat in that, you know, he just always said he loved and adored me. Yeah. How did I get so lucky? Yeah. So the challenges, was that something that you would say was there from the beginning or did that start to happen later on in your relationship? Um, well, the challenge from the beginning, like it, it, uh, this, 
the reason I knew that it was a serious relationship for me, because I kind of had lots of lovers over the, you know, and I would uh, let them go quickly. And, um, <laughs> You're but, such a heretic. <laughs> so not in my, not fitting in my family. But um, so he did something early on in our love love relationship lover like relationship um and normally I would have said okay that's it bye mm. but I couldn't do that there was something the energy was no I need to talk to him about this and see if we can create you know change it that you know let him know my what's going on for me and so I remember saying to my roommate um who was a very close girlfriend and she had met him too I remember saying to her okay this is different and so I talked to him about it and he's like oh I had no idea and no problem and that's kind of what he was like there'd be yeah. points in our relationship where I'd say okay Michael I'm sorry this is not working for me you have to can you you know I'm going away for a concert for three days can you think about this while I'm gone and I'd come back and he'd say, I totally see your point. Sorry, won't do that anymore. And it wow. was, I know, he, he was amazing. So what was that for you when you were, that was different than anybody you had had in your world who was actually willing to, I'm, I'm, that was a question, it didn't sound like it, but no. was he different? Like nobody else in your world had been that way with you. Is that a fair statement or no? Well, male. Male lover, male partner. Well, no, most male lovers were pretty disappointed when I said I'm done. You right. Know? It was me that was different. It, in the it, or the the interaction or the energy was different, and I was just like, okay, I I I have to respond differently than I have in the past, hmm. and um, that's anyway. It was it was. It was cool. Yeah. And, and um, yeah. And I don't know what else to say about that, except that I just knew that it was different. And I knew that um, we were going to be together for a while. I knew that I knew that he was going to ask me to marry him. I mean, it was still that. It was still that. Um, this is quite a while ago we're talking, right? Yeah yeah um and I just knew and it was just right hmm. so was there ever a time when as time went on and I know it's it's pretty hard to pack 40 plus years into a short little podcast here we're talking all kinds of dynamics and experiences and life changes that go into you know somebody being together in one way or another for that long but were there specific things or a certain time where you, it was different than you would say the thing and he would look at it and say, I'm sorry, where it got a little more tumultuous or a little more not so fun? Oh yeah, absolutely. There were times when I, I just, um, you know, when I started to get emails saying, you know, you're, you're telephone's going to be cut off because your bill hasn't been paid when he was supposed to be taking care of that and, you know things things like that and you know just me um 
wanting him to be more what I thought was thoughtful hmm. at the time. And, and that he, given his family background where he wasn't really allowed to have friends uh, that, that, yeah, his family is a bit odd. And, you know, you never trust people. You don't have to invite them over and all those sorts of things. Yeah. And he would have a, a friend that became very um, emotionally involving for him. And that was difficult for me to understand. And uh, so we went through a few of those things that, um, you know, I later totally understood. And, uh, and things where I just didn't think he was taking our life, well, it's hard to know, really, because when I look back, uh, they were my problems. And your point of view was very different now than it was then. Absolutely. And I and the other thing that I get that is that whole right and wrong thing. You know, somebody's got to be right. And that means somebody's got to be wrong. Which just packs into one little suitcase the way that relationships, according to this reality, function. Exactly. Anytime there's a disagreement, an argument, a split up, a divorce of any kind, what are the conversations around that? Who was right? Who's, who was wrong? Whose fault was it? Where do we lay the blame? And that is, that's why I'm calling you a heretic from you had a lot of lovers and then got rid of them to now you're looking at your marriage, which in the beginning days functioned from that normal paradigm of right and wrong, yeah. whose fault is it? And then yeah. dynamically shifted to something entirely different. Yes. And I, it was very much... Um, me being right and him being wrong. Yeah. To totally, totally. So what were there things that brought you to the space where you could say what you just said? Because the energy you just said that with was not a judgment about you, but just an acknowledging what yeah. was. Yeah, it was just the way it was. Well, can I tell my Gary story? Now? Yes, please tell the story. Okay. <laughs> So Michael and I were going through what I considered a really rough patch and um, uh, Gary Douglas, the founder of Access Consciousness, came to Vancouver to facilitate a Choice of Possibilities class. And I, they asked me to um, look after the bookstore. And I was actually away and going to not be there on time to open the bookstore on the first evening. And so Michael said, well, I can go and do that for you. He was always good that way. And um, uh, so I arrived and he had actually saved a seat because it was there was an evening class, saved a seat for me and a friend to sit in the front row. And he said, no, I'll just do the bookstore. And uh, so that, you know, that transpired. And at the end of the class, I think it was still four days. It was four days then. It was a level two, three. Um, at the end of the class, I went up to Gary and just thanked him you know, I think that was my first level two, three, and just how much, like, I so appreciate it. And he said to me, you know, that tall man that was there the first night at the bookstore, he said, um, I said, yeah. And he said, was he connected with you some way? And I said, yeah, that's my husband. And he, Gary looked me in the eye and he said, he's a very nice man. You chose well. 
And I went, oh, thank you. And I took that away and went, wow, that was a wedge. Cool. And that made me start down the path of completely changing or at least realizing and then changing my point of view. Yeah. And because I truly got that Gary got the energy of what Michael was like. And I'm like, oh my God, I have all these tools. What am I choosing mm. to create this unhappiness and righteousness? That's so beautifully expressed to and kind of the inception of where you were able it was like a disruption to what you had decided was the way it was and the way it was supposed to be the righteous the right the yeah somebody else's fault then changing almost looking through entirely different eyes at the gift this person is the gratitude and taking the responsibility for yourself of my happiness is my choice. It's not anybody else's fault. And can you, I see a lot of women function from men are always wrong. No matter what, they're always wrong. We are always right. We're trying to get them to be more like us instead of honoring that they are who they are. Can you just speak to, to that in however way you would like to? Well, just that, I mean, truly, he was so joyful. He loved what he did. Um, when he passed and I posted something on Facebook, which, you know, he was a big social media guy. There were just hundreds of people that expressed how his enthusiasm and joy and, you know, like, how on earth did I make that wrong? You know? Um it's so interesting and this is just like a little tangent from here but I used to get so angry about silly little things and um and someone said to me in a class I think it was a body class someone said something to another person and I went that anger's not mine mm. I'm picking up on his points of view about himself of his judgments of himself and I'm making them mine and that changed so much and it's just like how do we we do this and it's encouraged yes that women do it for men because oh you train him train him oh he's well trained where you know get him to give up himself and what's wonderful and magnificent about him in favor of what you've decided he should be because it's what you need him to be. And I'm not saying this to you. I'm saying this is, oh, this, I, I, this, is this is touted on the planet as the way of it. And yeah. it creates so much conflict and tension. And we so miss the gift of men and the gift of our men, the ones in our lives. Yeah. And, yeah. and um, I can't say that I was 100% um totally in interesting point of view and allowance and out of judgment but I was much better 
Well, and don't you get it's a bit of a strengthening a muscle. It's very opposite to what we've been in train for many, 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 many years and what we've done for many years. Yeah. Yeah. And that, and that awareness of the annoyance and frustration when I became aware that it wasn't mine, that made everything so much more ease and so much more joy. And, um, and the idea of love like what does love mean there's so many there's so many different meanings I mean I love my cat oh you know love a good glass of wine I love a good glass of wine food so we I I talked to Michael about the whole gratitude and and you know and then we started to say to each to each other I'm so grateful for you rather than I love you because he would say I love you multiple times a day and um, I know I'm such a bitch. Because um, <laughs> I would say, you know, I I, uh, I act like I love you. I don't say it over and over, like we're different. But anyway, but that even, even in the, the last two or three months of his life was difficult. Um, and uh, he was in a wheelchair at that point because he broke his ankle and just was difficult. He was passing out every day and that was scary. And, uh, and he would still look at me and laugh and say, I'm so grateful for you. Yeah. Easy. Did something shift where you went from the annoyance of you know how well obviously it did because you're receiving it now what shifted if there were certain moments or certain tools or certain things where the annoyance of you know stop telling me I, I don't need to tell you I show you to being able to receive it however he showed it what what do you attribute to some of the change with that well, absolutely using the access tools <laughs> and gratitude. Really gratitude. Um, and the and understanding that trust was not uh, was not trust that he was going to do it the way I wanted him to do it. Yeah. Trust that he was going to do it the way he did it. And we, and we got to the place where we would laugh. Like if Michael said to me, you know, something needed to be done. He said, I'll do it today. I promise. Then I knew he wasn't going to do it. <laughs> if he said, I'll do it today, he would do it. But if he added, I promise, ah. he wasn't going to do it. Okay. And, and we got to the place where we could laugh about that. Because, mm. and he would catch himself and he'd go, oh, right. Well, I'll see. I'll try and do it tomorrow. You know, like it, so, yeah. so having those tools, asking questions, not of the other person, but of me asking questions, like, is this a contribution? If I say this, is this like, yeah, asking the questions and um, not making yourself wrong or right. And what I've struggled with the last couple of years is getting out of judgment of myself. 
for the times when I wasn't in total allowance. Can you talk about that? If somebody's listening and they have lost their person and didn't even have the tools that you have have that allows you to create something different and they're going, wow, man, I lived our entire life with me being right and making them wrong. What would you say? Well, I would say they chose you. They wanted to be with you. Um, what about being grateful for the great times or them being in your life? That's what got me through. I mean, I was totally aware that Michael was choosing that he was done. He was done with his body. He really just hated how it was. And I, I, I totally got that. I knew he was going to choose to go. And what really assisted me was every time I went into being sad or upset, I just went into gratitude. And that, oh man, that just made it so much ease. Yeah. And still does. <laughs> yeah. And and the idea of me like, oh my God, making myself wrong for all this, like, okay, um, just grateful. Grateful that he was in my life for that long, grateful that I, that I could receive what he was you know gifted me continuously and um yeah gratitude and that gratitude cultivating it was it simply an act of choice was yeah. there yeah. yeah yeah i like really i i would um at first i think i was still a little bit stunned um and uh, I was fortunate that I had four days when he was in hospital and like he, he did one final pass out and didn't wake up, but I had four days to be with him and clear things and ask him things and all that sort of thing. And the peace that came from that was palpable. And so I was so grateful for that. And so when I went into oh my God, my life's so different. What am I going to do? Blah, blah, blah. You know, I'm going to miss him and oh, I should be so sad and all that. I just deliberately chose to be grateful. And, um, and I had people who thought that I really didn't care that much. And I'm like, well, okay. But yeah. Well, and that is another heretical point of view is what that grieving is supposed to look like in the sad and the drama and the trauma. And it's not that there's not a missing, you've shown us that there's, you know, any of us who've lost anybody, there's that missing of their physical body miss that comes up. And the ongoing drama trauma is a choice just as gratitude is a choice. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, that was another thing, trauma, drama. Michael was a drama queen. <laughs> and his friends would call him that too. Um, and I used to criticize him for that. You know, like he, he'd go, he'd be in a trauma drama the 10 minutes before he left the house 
all the time. And then I chose not to judge him for it. And I chose just to go, oh, interesting point of view and laugh and start to giggle. And then he started to giggle and then he didn't do trauma drama anymore. It was so interesting when oh. I let go of the judgment. Yeah. Yes. I was just going to say, when you changed your point of view, when you let go of the judgment, when you made another choice, he started to show up different too. Yeah. And the funny thing is you weren't doing it for him to make a different choice. You were doing it for you to have a different experience with his choice. Exactly. And, and that's, it created something different. That, yeah. made, that's made such a difference for many types of interactions in many relationships yes. is that I choose to do something different or to not judge or to be interesting point of view, then it all disappears. Then they don't have a problem either. No, because it's, it's like the analogy of tug of war. And if you're both pulling on the opposite sides of the rope, then the fight continues, the tension continues. Yeah. And all it takes is one person dropping their end of the rope and saying, yeah. I don't actually have to be right here. Yeah. I don't actually have to fight here. And if one person giggles. <laughs> Disrupt, dropping the rope it disrupts all of it. Yeah. Yeah. And, you know, that that um, has worked in many instances. I had a roommate briefly um, the year after Michael passed, like just for four or five months. And she was so in trauma and drama. And she'd come home from work and fall to her knees and cry and sob. And I just would go there and I'd say, you know, is there, you know, anything I can contribute and, you know, would you like me to run your bars or, you know, just whatever. And she left. She had to move out because she she couldn't cope with the fact that I didn't mm. enter into the trauma drama. So there's another, like, that was like an extreme case. I didn't giggle there, but maybe I should have. Well, but so how much was she looking for you to give her the reaction she required so she could maintain the way she's choosing to function? And you didn't give her that reaction. Yeah. Yeah. So that, I mean, in, in, um, I did give Michael the reaction, like for the first half of our marriage, if not more, mm. I did do that. And then when I stopped, he didn't have the, like the, all of the resistance went away, mine and his. Mm. And, um, that change and that, I mean, literally giggling together when instead of, you know, getting into a yeah, was so much fun. Yeah. Well, and I'm going to just underscore it again. Your choice changed that. And I see so many women in particular in relationships focusing on getting their partner, their lover to change. And that never works and never creates something greater but your choice can create a change. And it, it might look different. My, my last relationship, my choice was that even if he was choosing grumpy and angry, I was gonna be happy. That pissed him off so much, he didn't wanna be around me anymore. But yeah. my reality changed and I needed, it, it was the, I, I stopped 
trying to get him to not be grumpy and angry. I stopped trying to get him to do the things that I thought he should be doing. And I just made the choice. I am going to be happy and not happy, like maniacal trying to poke his buttons, just genuinely happy. Like, I'm just going to yeah. just be genuinely happy. And then that created the change on its own. I didn't have to go into the, should I stay? Should I leave? Should I stay? Should I leave? Yeah. No, I'm just going to choose happy. And then boom. And that's heretical too. <laughs> fellow heretic. <laughs> yes, it is. Well, yeah. yes. Yes. I remember like within, you know, it was probably six to eight weeks after Michael passed, I, it was lovely in Victoria and I went out for a walk and I was feeling pretty good and I was kind of humming a little bit. And my next door neighbor was talking with the neighbor from across the street. And after I passed, I could hear them going, happy like he's smiling i don't think i you know and i'm like right yeah how wrong were you for actually choosing happiness when you've lost somebody yeah yeah that's a big one it's a really really big one yeah and it and, and it applies pretty well everywhere it does um there was something else that went in and out there but yeah that that choosing because we we we're taught to just kind of be at the mercy of our emotions. Yes. And instead of, um, you know, somebody says something kind of mean or whatever, instead of resisting and then locking that in and having it ruin your day, you go, well, that's interesting. Yes. And just let it go. Yes. It doesn't have to stick you. Yeah. Yeah. Totally. Yeah. I mean, and it doesn't it doesn't mean with a partner. Like <laughs> when Michael and I got together as lovers, so we were in our mid-30s, not not when we were 20 when we met. Um he was wearing like beige polyester. And he was the archetypal tall, dark, and handsome. He was six foot five, he had dark hair. Um you know, like, and he should not have been wearing beige. <laughs> and he's wearing really ugly plastic shoes and everything that his parents um, had bought for him. Uh, yeah, he just did music all the time. He didn't care. Yeah. He did that. And right. so I, um, I bought him his first, um, what was it, sort of cranberry red silk shirt. And then like he's like wow clothes can feel like this and wow. look like this and I would catch him look look catch him looking at himself in the mirror like wow that's me and so it's not like you can't um contribute like like I didn't make him wrong for wearing those clothes I knew his parents had bought them um but I showed him what I thought would look amazing on him so it's not like you can't introduce your partner to something yeah amazing you just have no point of view of what they do with it do you get the possibility bringer you were to his world carolyn i guess you do somewhere that was the that's a beautiful example of what you opened up in his world which i'm sure is part of what he adored about you well yeah yes and we talked about that yeah and he um brought possibilities for my world too yeah um uh, musically and 
otherwise but so and just fun mice yeah you know yeah but well, that, that's yeah so that wasn't right I mean I probably made myself right that you know silk was better and and you know that sort of thing but um but I know the energy behind it was showing him what amazing things more um hedonistic sensual things in life yeah you're this tall dark and handsome guy this matches all of that yeah 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 So, so in, in wrapping this conversation up, is there anything else that you would like to say either about Michael, your relationship, or to anybody who's listening and dealing with whatever is the current situation with their relationship? Well, if you are uncomfortable talking to your partner, so definitely um, from the era where you didn't talk about a lot of things necessarily but you can talk to yourself you can say to yourself well interesting point of view I have that point of view isn't that interesting am I trying to be right here what you know like talk to yourself and change that I used to when I'd go to bed at night I would berate myself for at least an hour or an hour and a half before I go to see what I what I shouldn't have said, what I shouldn't have done, what, you know, like all the terrible things I've done. And like, what a waste. Yes. And did that make anybody happy to be with me when I was being so nasty to myself? So, yeah, maybe be kind to yourself. And give yourself the idea that oh you know okay that's an interesting point of view what if I had a different point of view what if I what if, what if I didn't need to be right and what if I didn't need to be wrong what if it just was I don't know whether that would make any sense at all but. oh it made total sense it was very beautifully said and a really beautiful invitation to something different well Marnie thank you I'm so love being with you and with your energy and um thank you for asking these questions mm, thank you for saying yes and for everything you shared with us very very grateful my pleasure and thank you all for listening and we'll see you next time